I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes? PR comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked someone really quickly about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hello, Rebecca. Hiya, how are you? I'm good. It's been a, I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel now. I'm less bothered about the pubs, I don't know about you. I just want a gym back. I just want to go for brunch. So we're talking about reframing rejection. So many aspects of life we talk about, like rejection. This past year, you know, for so many people, like professionally, whether it's just like being furloughed a little bit or um, have lost their jobs or having to pivot what they do and, you know, having pictures and not succeeding, like people are not only dealing with rejection, but they're kind of dealing with it on their own a bit, aren't they? Yeah, I've, I've always um, gone with this sort of thought, rejection is protection. And I don't know how I feel about that now, because I think if you look at the ONS figures, it shows that 314,000 people between July and September lost their roles because of redundancies. And there is actually competition for jobs at a rate of about 64%. And I guess that means that more people are finding themselves being rejected when they apply for jobs or being rejected from their current roles. When I was reading this article on the Albright, it just shows that um, more people are struggling with rejection. And I guess because most of us take work to be a part of ourselves, we then, when we're rejected, I guess that then impacts on our confidence because then we think that it's us who are being rejected as a person rather than the circumstance of the work or the career. It made me think a lot about the Chimp Paradox books, which I think a lot of people... I know a lot of people have read, but when I worked in performance sport, I worked with quite a lot of sports psychologists, some of which work with Steve Pieces. They talk about this objective view. So like the chimp is like your emotional response to something. You know, I've had it with pitches. When you're successful, it's amazing. And you have something that's not chosen. And it is so hard then not to take that completely personally and worry and obsess about it. And it's the same thing because one of the advice things in that article, but also what like the sports likes is, is be really objective you can only control the controllables covid has been an uncontrollable element furloughing a team in part can be to save the overall business so when you try and get perspective and be a bit more objective it can take the sting out of it what i liked about that article it was about to, to actually deal with the emotion not just to disengage and forget about it which like you sort of say that that narrative like hey it's not for me that's fine but actually uncovering it and learning from it and also talking about it is kind of a bit of a taboo right like I de- definitely think with freelancers, everyone wants to say like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so successful. Oh my God, I've got too much work. I'm so brilliant. Uh, hashtag blessed. And you just go, that's that's great. But actually sometimes saying like, do you know what? I'm really down because that was really rubbish or like that was really hard. It just normalises it. Yeah, and I think it's sometimes good to ask for feedback because I think sometimes when you are getting rejected from roles or even from like contracts or pitches, it's always important to get feedback because sometimes you don't know who you're up against and I guess sometimes you can sit there and wallow and then it can become really really heavy whereas if you just went and spoke to the hiring manager or whoever was approving the pitches maybe they could say it was because the other person had certain experience or it was because maybe the role's even been pulled it doesn't exist anymore or you know there could be all sorts of reasons and I guess it's important to get that feedback so that you're, you're not sitting there with that unknown and that uncertainty and then that continues to like play on your mind I guess. Dealing with challenge and setbacks and things that are hard 
is really important because it often leads to like growth. Kate Sevilla, on she was on the Squiggly Careers podcast and she's written this book, which is about how to work without losing your mind. And it talks about the inevitable tough challenge that you face, whether that's redundancy like or a bad boss. And I think that's just a really healthy thing to embrace. Like some days you're going to have like bad days at work and you're going to have bad experiences, but that you will learn from it. And I think sometimes this links to perfection, which I know we've talked about, but it does link to this concept of like, not everything will be easy. Yeah, and I guess it shapes you. I think when you're in things like sport, it's easier to deal with rejection. And I guess it's like even with actors, you know, you're always going up for auditions, you're always going up against other people. I think it was Anne Hathaway who said that she was like the eighth in line to do that role on The Devil Wears Prada. So imagine how many people had to be rejected before her. Sometimes that comes down to you just reframing and thinking, having a little bit of perspective, because if you put yourself in situations that are sometimes uncomfortable you you sort of build that thicker skin and then you sort of get used to it i know sometimes it can be exhausting but it happens to everyone so this week we're spending five minutes chatting to adam driver who's had a career um, spanning the past decade really in marketing and comms he's founder of authentic comms and has worked across all these different functions in-house and agency side, as well as starting his own, his own agency himself. Start us off, Adam. Thanks for coming along today. Pleasure. Nice to be here. What would your main advice be about how to develop a career in communications? It's a really interesting question because a few years ago, I'd have said uh, there's a few sort of traditional, more traditional routes, you know, journalism, English, whatever it might be to, to sort of get that broad um, grounding. But actually, as long as you've got a, a I don't know, there's, I, th- I feel there's more important things now to in terms of a comms career, in terms of potentially like a bit of empathy, a bit of um, that journalistic sort of now definitely sort of helps. But um, as long as you're interested in, in certain topics and have good, obvious, sounds obvious, but communication skills, like you're open, personable, can, can talk to people. I think that is also as helpful as the traditional sort of degree route might be. Um, also, the the sort of focus on sort of either having to or you, or you must or you should have some kind of agency experience, I don't think really relates too much anymore. I think it's more about your your what experience you can bring from whatever roles you've you've been in previously, even if that isn't particularly um, comms or marketing um, led. So you've talked pretty openly about imposter syndrome, and I guess from your background being in house and and um, client side as well as well as your own agency, how do you think that notion of like imposter syndrome impacts career development? Yeah, I think I think there is um, something to be said about sort of the imposter syndrome. I think there's a, a lot of people are talking about it more and more at the moment, which I think is a good thing. But I think that as with anything like that, there's a, a danger that it sort of comes sort of somewhat diluted. You know, I've sort of have anxiety and in the past and uh, have sort of struggled with imposter syndrome, whatever that may be. I think it's also in terms of sort of confidence and the confidence in, in yourself to either not know something and put your hand up and sort of go, I don't know that, but I will try and find it out. Or the confidence to sort of like push back on something when you sort of either know it's not right, either ethically or in terms of like the project or, you know, having your own opinion, your opinion is valid, even if you're not as senior as someone else, or you don't have the direct experience of someone else, you've still got a valid opinion. I've been really lucky in the in the past to work with some really inspirational people that have sort of helped me to sort of understand that you can sort of talk about all these things and you can have those open discussions. It's it's not like a challenge. It's not like a, a negative thing. Um, I think for me, imposter syndrome is when that sort of tips over and it's that sort of um, paranoia almost of what people think about 
you sort of expressing your opinion or pushing back on certain things that that's sort of where it comes in for me and the best way I find to sort of deal with it is have a really solid network of people to, to talk to and that might be sort of peers might be friends might be family might be sort of partner whoever it is just to talk openly about it and sort of get it off your chest out of your head in the same way with a lot of things with with sort of mental health but yeah, I've, that, that's sort of one thing in terms of sort of career development. I definitely recommend is is just building up your network and talking to people for no material gain straight away. Just talking to people because they're another person and having that open discussion. And it's not oh, I'll keep in touch with them because they might be helpful for a project in the future. It's purely just more about we're in a similar situation. I'd like some uh, somebody else to sort of like bounce this off. And especially when we're working all in, in sort of silos in whatever job we're in, um, but also when we work, when I'm sort of started up authentic, um, it, it was great and exciting in the beginning. But then as soon as there's like something else that trips you up or, or a question you've got, you can't sort of pop your head above the, the desk and just go, does this sound mad? Or so it's finding those sort of people you're sort of comfortable with um, bouncing things off in a, in a sort of yeah supportive sort of community way um, and there are loads loads out there yeah I think what you're saying about relationships is is really important and that sense of community and we've talked about it before on the the pod and I think it's something that is a running theme I really enjoy your videos the ones the short videos that you do because they really give an insight into what it's like working with you sort of what you think about things and I just wanted to get from your perspective how important is it to think about the social content that someone that you put out um, in terms of career development what are the opportunities there how can it actually help someone thank you I'm glad that someone watches them <laughs> um, so yeah I've, I've got I've got these little videos called three things I've done not done one for ages and again that's the imposter syndrome thing coming through again like oh I should have done another one or but it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things but yes yeah, I, I enjoy doing them because I wanted to do something that I didn't always have time for writing a whole blog or, or, you know, doing a longer video. I just find three interesting things on occasion, um, put them in a quick video if I'm walking the dog or just at home, quickly edit them, add subtitles for accessibility and just share them about. Um, and it helps me sort of with confidence as well in terms of sort of like seeing my own like face on video and and you know sort of hearing what i'm saying it did take quite a few takes in the beginning but i think i've got that down maybe the same as, as you guys with the pod having a presence on social is important you don't have to be on all the channels and all the platforms i think it's important to sort of consider the benefit of what you're putting out and that sounds really holier than thou but just think about what things you can add value to and what people can take away from what you're giving and give something away don't just sort of like you know tease someone sort of um you know, expect them to either I don't know, follow you or sign up to your blog or website or contact you for work in the future. There's definitely a karmic thing around, you know, giving something away and then at some point it, it, it could come back. But yeah, in terms of sort of content strategy and, and calendars and things, I don't really sort of have a, a huge um, sort of spreadsheet or anything like that, but um, it's just as and when I sort of can fit it in around other projects and work. The big thing around, you know, personal brand, but I think... Uh, that's become a bit of a hated word. It does sort of sum it up really nicely. For me, it's about my personality sort of coming across. Like I am more than sort of the work I do. I like being my lucky position to have my own sort of business and I want it to be an sort of, sounds really, really bad, but like an extension of me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I don't want it to be just like a business. I want it to be sort of something that's inextricably linked for me and that's the USP. That's what you get is, is me really. 
Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned today will be in the show notes. We're here to answer the questions you need answers to and talk about the PR, communications and marketing topics you care about because we've got five minutes. You can DM us or contact Harriet at commsovercoffee.com and Rebecca at threadandfable.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe so others can find us. Find us on Twitter at Rebecca7Roberts and at Harriet Smallies.